Section 3 of Clayton's Quaker Cookbook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Betty B. Clayton's Quaker Cookbook by H. J. Clayton. Fish. The so-termed food fishes are to be found without number in all portions of the world, civilized and savage, and a large portion of the inhabitants of the globe are dependent upon this source for their subsistence. Certain learned physiologists have put forth the theory that food fish is brain-producing and adds to the mental vigor of those who subsist upon it. While we are not disposed to controvert this consoling idea, if the theory be true, the South Sea savages who live upon this aliment, both in the raw and cooked state, and the Eskimo, whose principal summer and winter diet is frozen fish, should be the most intelligent people on earth. The modes of preparing fish for the table are equally as numerous as the species. The direction given by Mrs. Glass in a cookbook of the olden time is at the same time the most original and most sensible. This lady commences with, first, catch your fish. Boiled fish. Fresh fish should never lie in water. As soon as it is cleaned, rinse off, wipe dry, wrap carefully in a cotton cloth, and put into salted boiling water. If cooked in this manner, the juice and flavor will be fully retained. Twenty minutes boiling will thoroughly cook a medium-sized fish. Fried fish. In frying large-sized fish, cut the slices lengthwise instead of across, for if cut against the grain, the rich juices will be lost in the cooking rendering the fish hard, dry, and tasteless. For this reason, fish are always better cooked whole, when this can be done. Beat up one or two eggs with two tablespoonfuls of milk with salt to season. After dipping the fish in this, dry in cracker dust, never use cornmeal, and fry in good lard. Broiling fish. In broiling fish, cut large as in frying, grease the bars of the gridiron, Harden both sides slightly and baste with butter, seasoning with pepper and salt. Fried Oysters Take large oysters, drain the juice and dry them with a cloth, and run them in eggs, well beaten with a little milk. Season with pepper and a little salt, and after drying in cracker dust, fry in equal parts best lard and butter until a light brown. Oysters in Batter Save all the juice of the oysters, Beat two eggs with two or three spoonfuls of milk or cream, seasoning with pepper. Put this into the juice with the addition of as much flour as will make a rich batter. When the fat is quite hot, put into it a spoonful of the batter containing one oyster and turn quickly in order that both sides may be nicely done brown. Oyster patties. Roll good puff paste quite thin and cut in round pieces three and one-half inches in diameter, on which put a rim of dough, about one inch or less high, which may be stuck on with a little beaten egg. Next, add a top piece or covering, fitting loosely, and bake in this until a light brown, and put away until wanted. Stew oysters in their own juice, adding a little butter and cream. Fill the patties with this, put on the lid, and set in the oven for five minutes, and send to the table. Can oysters with a rich gravy make an excellent patty prepared in this way. Stewed lobsters or crabs. Take a two-pound can of lobster or two large crabs 
and cut as for making salad, and season highly with prepared mustard, cayenne pepper, curry powder, or sauce piquant, and salt to taste. Put in a porcelain stewpan with a little water to prevent scorching, and after letting it boil up once, add butter the size of an egg and one tablespoonful of vinegar, or half a teacupful of white wine, and the juice of half a lemon, and the moment this boils, add half a teacupful of cream or good milk, stirring at the same time. Set the stew aside and heat up shortly before sending to the table. Putting slices of toast in the bottom of the dish before serving is a decided improvement. End of section three.